What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him dart back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Alright guys, welcome back to the Savage Pass Podcast, and by Clutch Points and our friends Blue Wire. I'm your host, Mike Bubble, with me once again, my co-host, Dylan Reagan. We are back here continuing our stroll through the divisions in the NFL, getting ready for the 21-21 season. And uh, we're not necessarily making our predictions just yet, but we are making our projections. There's a big difference there uh, when we look <laughs> at the wording. Uh, we're looking at sort of the, the win totals, uh, well, who could be the division MVP, breakout player, fantasy MVP, all that good stuff. That's what we do in these. Uh, we've already done a couple thus far, so you can go back and listen to those uh, if you want. Uh, but that you won't need to necessarily to get you prepared for the NFC East because um, that is the one we're talking about today. And uh, this division, Dylan, has sort of been a, a bit of a punching bag at times, I think, over the past uh, several seasons, just based on uh, certainly we know kind of how things have unfolded. And I think also, you know, we do have to understand that injuries have played a factor into that and, um, now, though, we look at this division and we got a lot of coaches who are, you know, very new to their jobs uh, overall just in the past uh, year or two. Um, so it's a very interesting setup for the NFC East this year. But as we're going to talk about, it doesn't necessarily change, uh, I think, people's opinions too much on uh, any just truly spectacular teams in this division. Yeah, it's, we're, we're always just kind of waiting on Dallas to be. <laughs> to, to kind of fulfill the expectations that we have for them. And the defense just has obviously been the main problem, obviously uh, last year with Daffy being down, but even before that their defense has kind of held them back in the previous uh, years. They have decent special teams with uh, John Fossil bones there from the Rams after all his good years with LA and St. Louis that is helping them. But otherwise it's, that's the only team that I can say that I have, you know, has that kind of maybe higher ceiling, maybe Washington too. I, we were on top of them pretty early last year in terms of what their defense could be able to do and the offense improved as the year went on. I think they still have a lot of talent there, which we'll get into uh, talking about in this episode. But, yeah, the, the division still at the end of the day, like even when we have the optimism for Washington, we wouldn't have that same optimism if they were in a different division. This, I believe the stat was that I read, which I, it honestly wasn't even that surprising. The, the NFC East last year had the least wins outside of the division of any division in the Super Bowl era. So – that kind of gives yeah. you an idea of just how awful this was. Most of those victories that they are all kind of not that many overall for the division, I believe 23 total wins for four teams. And yeah, you know, just based on all the division matchups, that's more than half of those basically. So it's, uh, a <laughs> it's, it's pretty uh, dire, but in terms of, yeah, also you look at it as an opportunity because you only have to be, uh, 10 and 7, 9 and 8 team and probably have a chance to win this. And that's why, as we'll get into the Cowboys after a few teams here, I mean, like the, there's no, <laughs> there's, I, you know, I know the McCarthy era just started there, but there's really not a, not, no good reason for 
with a lot of talent that they have that they shouldn't in their fan base. They always have high expectations, but I think even this year, there's no reason they shouldn't believe again that it'll be a major disappointment if they don't win the division. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to pick them to make the Super Bowl this year um, after <laughs> how last season turned out, as we know, and it didn't go too well for me. But that was a bold prediction, to say the least. And uh, let's start with the Cowboys, because that's a, a good starting point here. They non-surprisingly or unsurprisingly um, have the most uh, wins uh, according to most people here when we're looking at the uh, win totals they're at nine right now so as we said I mean nine wins is not a ton for a potential division winner Uh, but uh, this is another one where you got a lot of these teams grouped together and uh, may actually surprise people who the team is that's at the bottom of this division in terms of uh, win projections and all that right now but the Cowboys are at nine um, they are going to get the, let's see, I believe they're going to play the NFC South and the AFC West. So not a terrible, I think, draw necessarily outside of, um, you know, your usual games. And as we know, like the NFC East, you just, you never know what to expect from that. Uh, but as you mentioned, I mean, getting Dak back is going to be huge, but uh, the defense probably still the question there. For the Cowboys to go into this season, um, but again, it's just you—you you would expect the offense to click and get back uh, to where they want to be with Dak under center. But um, still, some question marks. And, and as we mentioned, I mean, clearly, you know, we're not looking at this team right now just as a, a Super Bowl contender or anything like that. No, the defense has to take such a drastic step forward, and it just uh, you know they they did address that in the draft first what their first second and third round picks all and two third round picks all being guys on the defensive end so they're they're putting the draft capital into it but i there's still question marks about how quickly those guys are going to develop how quickly the the current group of players is going to take the a positive step there's just questions i mean that we'll see if micah parsons can become that number one linebacker quickly but there's still i still have concerns about the secondary and that's been a ongoing theme for years now um they, they do draft a corner and kelvin joseph too in the second round so those kind of things i i think you might need a little more time for them to to develop at this point on offense though like you're saying it, they they have there's no excuses for you know outside of injury uh, them to be successful obviously the offensive line is not uh what it used to be they've they've taken a step back they've had some of the guys have aged out some got some of those guys those foundational pieces are gone, but they still have Zach Martin. They still have Lyle, you know, they have Lyle Collins in there, Tyron Smith. Like they have a good group, um, uh, some really established guys, but they need to pick it up after last year. Cause even what, I don't know if it was, you know, because Dak's gone, but yeah, you, they just, the offensive line play, it just felt a little more lethargic last year as the year went on. They definitely had injuries, but um, it's just not, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't blame them. Cause like, you know, when you lose a, once Dax hurt, it's like, what are what are we really playing for at that point? And so it is hard to maybe stay as locked in. Hopefully with Dax back for a full season, we won't see that happen. You saw how dynamic their offense was against some pretty bad defenses early in the year. But nonetheless, they were, he was putting up insane numbers before his injury. If he's coming back at full strength, they have, you know, arguably one of the top two uh, receiving t- tandems there with C.D. Lamb and Mari Cooper. Michael Gallup is number three. is not a bad number three by any means. No. So it's a... Uh, and, you know, they've gotten some pretty solid tight end play. So overall, I mean, they should have the expectation, like you're saying, with the, the highest win total here, that they should believe that they're the favorites to win this division, even if it's slightly over Washington. Um, they Their strength of schedule, like you're saying, not a terrible draw. It's, if you look at 
this like we were looking at the uh, the last episode was the AFC North, and a lot of times the sharp football projections for strength of schedule based on what they expect the, these teams all to do, and football outsiders are pretty much in tune. This one's way different. The Cowboys' seventh easiest schedule according to uh, Warren Sharp's projections, and then Football Outsiders has it as the I think it's the uh, one of the tougher schedules a little bit. So it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a, kind of an interesting draw for them. Um, We'll see how it all plays out, but I, like you said, I don't think as as brutal as some of the other divisions. You don't have to face the NFC West and just the depth of that. Obviously, you get teams like Tampa Bay and the Chiefs, but um, I think overall the depth of the the opponents is probably is a little better for their sake. So yeah, for Dallas, man, I, it's just it feels like it's kind kind of the same every year. The defense maybe even taking a step back more uh, the last couple of years from where it was. You know when they were had the best record in the NF in the NFC not that many years ago. I believe in 20, uh, Dak's rookie year in 2016, and then obviously they won the division again 2018. They they they, ha- they should be better uh, than they were last year, but uh, that all hinges on the health of, of Dak. And it's just uh, I think like if he stays healthy last year, we're we're having a different conversation here about you know they're probably a higher win total expected. I especially with that extra game, I think they would have probably won the division and probably maybe with it by a couple games last year uh, with him, even with some of the crazy losses they had early in the year, some really wild games. But um, I think the conversation would be a bit different because I, I, they just, he's clearly at this point until we see uh, Daniel Jones take a step until we see Jalen hurts be more consistent. Like he's, it's like some of the other divisions, there's good quarterback play across the board. And you can see a few guys, obviously there's like the best, like Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, but there's still possibly really good quarterback play from some of the other guys in there. It's just, there's such a gap between Dak in my mind and the next group of quarterbacks in this division that just based on that, you, you feel like the Cowboys are in a good spot, but whether, yeah, like whether, what are the expectations beyond winning the division? I don't know at this point, the NFC definitely overall has taken a step back in terms of the the quality of the teams across the board. You really feel like after the Tampa Bay and the Packers, it takes a, a drop off. Yeah. I think you mentioned Tampa Bay and I mean, that's where for the Cowboys it'll start, you know, they open the season in Tampa Bay. That's the Thursday night game, um, you know, kicks off the season. Then after that, I think it's a pretty interesting stretch where they go to LA there to play the chargers. Then they've got the Eagles, Panthers and giants all at home in consecutive weeks. So, you know, I mean, if you can, even if you lose that game against Tampa, if you come back and win your next four, which are, you know, total possibilities, then you're off to a pretty good start, um, you know, the rest of the way. And then I think that the latter part of their schedule is not easy, but you've got games against Washington, a couple, the Giants, and then you finish with the Eagles. So the division stuff will decide everything once again, I think, for these teams in particular. Um, but then we go to the team that's second with the win totals. That is Washington. Um, you know, back to try to get back once again to the playoffs. And um, I think we said when Ron Rivera took that job, you know, we thought he could be one of those sort of, I don't want to say it was underrated hire, but I think, you know, you just, you kind of knew if there was a guy that could come in and try to sort of transform, I guess, this franchise, he felt like mm-hmm. the guy that could do it. And I mean, he's done that thus far. And, and really, you know, I don't think it's like they haven't had a massive roster overhaul or anything like that. I think he's just got most out of what's been there. And now, you know, Chase Young goes in his second season on the defense. We, we've seen what Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, guys like that have done offensively. Um, so it's, I mean, it's it's an intriguing Washington team here at eight and a half wins. Um, you know, I I think it probably comes down to quarterback play. I think that's mm-hmm. uh, probably the biggest thing based on what the situation is there. But I think there's there's obviously, once again, reason for optimism, I think, if you're a Washington fan. 
Yeah, I think when we last season we ranked the the head coaching hires and we put either in the top spot or close to it, Ron Rivera. Yeah. Simply not not necessarily like you said about about scheme or anything. You know, it was all all just about kind of changing the the culture. And there still are obviously concerns with things going on in the Washington organization that continue to to move forward off the field. But he uh, on the field and what he's done with their locker room itself, he, it's hard to argue that he hasn't already been a. a a massive success for them, regardless of what happens this season and getting everyone to buy in just to change the whole feel of the team. Guys are excited to play for Washington. There was a point where that wasn't necessarily the case not that long ago. Um, but I, yeah, the, like you said, quarterback play will probably have play a huge role in it. Easily the best defense in this division, although the giants really under Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator there took a huge jump up last season. I, but that's, you know, they're still, the Giants are still kind of in, in the Eagles in the middle of the pack, whereas Washington, we're talking about them right there with Pittsburgh, the Rams, the Tampa Bay top DVOA defenses in the NFL last year. They're dynamic. They're they're stacked across the board. They're, they have pass rushers along the line. Like it's it's a scary proposition to think about what this team can be once they have that quarterback situation filled out. But I do think Ryan Fitzpatrick has played. You know, obviously he's getting up there in years, but he continues to play at a high level when he's on the field. You see, obviously, last year the Dolphins wanted to try to get Tua going and try to see what they had with him, but Fitzpatrick was playing a more above average easily when he was uh, getting the snaps for, for Miami, and then we obviously very small sample size with Taylor Heineke, but looked really good against one of the best defenses in the NFL, probably the best of any quarterback, <laughs> even like uh, with the turnovers that the Packers had. I mean, Taylor Heineke had a fantastic playoff game that almost ended that Tampa Bay run before it even started. So, yeah, there's uh, once they get a, a quarterback for the long haul, I don't think either of these guys necessarily are for sure that answer. If Taylor Heineke does become that answer, that would be a great story, and it was a great story last year. But I, I think all the pieces are now kind of in play. You look at how uh, awesome Terry McLaurin was and just the, what they're getting out of some of these guys that they have, even Kelvin Harmon. Like, I'm excited, as we'll talk about the breakout player with Diami Brown, what he's going to be able to offer in the slot position there for them. Obviously, Antonio Gibson. Like they, they have guys that aren't weren't necessarily big names, but now in the fantasy world, we know them. Their offensive line has improved. Like, it's just a, it's crazy to think about where this team was a few years ago um, when they were getting one of the worst records in the league. They led the Chase Young, but like, yeah, they just have changed the whole kind of feel around this team and. Uh, I think they have every right to expect themselves to be to win the division again, just because that defense is as good as it is. It's it's clearly the best unit in this division, and uh, similar to to Dallas, uh, strength of schedule wise, they're a little bit projected to be a little bit tougher um, based on some of the opponents they draw. Obviously, as a division winner, they're going to have to face teams like Seattle from the NFC West. They're going to have to face uh, from the Packers and the NFC North as the as the winner there. So. And in that in that way, the schedule doesn't kind of works against them how they finished last year. But outside of that, I think um, I think a team that yeah that should feel you know eight and a half wins the the win the projected win total. I'd feel pretty good about them going nine and eight. It is still just that question of of the quarterback and how the offense sustains because that even even with uh, you know with some of the the good play they got at the end of the year with Taylor Heineke like they still finish as the worst DVOA offense in the NFL but it, that's the same thing the optimism of like if they can get into the 20s like just be like not terrible with that defense it should bring them to a lot of wins yeah they open up the season uh they're at FedEx Field against the Chargers for their first six mm-hmm. games are at home 
So again, kind of like the Cowboys, you there's at least a path. It looks like you know maybe you can start the season strong. Those road games will be at the Bills, at the Falcons. Bills will be tough to win. Falcons, yeah. who knows? Um, but they also get the Chiefs at home and the Saints at home in that range too. So not easy, but they do get four of their first six at home. Uh, then they go to Green Bay and Denver right after that. So uh, yeah, I'll be interested with Washington. I think they're they're one of the more intriguing teams. Once again, uh, then we go to the Giants, who, yes, it is not the uh, Giants who have the lowest win total. It is uh, the Eagles, who we'll get to in a second. The Giants are at seven, so right around that range. We talk about how close these teams are together, maybe how hard it is Mm -hmm. to predict how this division is going to play out. If you were making a bet on, you know, one through four division finish order, this would probably be the hardest division, I would think, to put that order in uh, based on, um, you know, if you were going to make a bet on that. So, I would stay away. If that is a bet anywhere, don't do it uh, because this is going to be very hard to predict. And I think the Giants are one of those reasons why. I, I mean, look, we can go up and down the roster and say, yeah, we can see it. But I, I don't know what to expect from the Giants. Like, I feel like that this is one of those teams where, yes, like they've added Kenny Galladay. You know, they've added my guy John Ross there, another wide receiver to go with, with Darius Slayton. They, you know, they still got Sterling Shepard. Uh, Kadarius Tony's there. I mean, you look at this wide receiver group, you're thinking – like the Giants have something here as the way I look at it. I mean, they're, they've got some depth here yeah. at wide receiver, uh, but you know, the Saquon Barkley, uh, is he the old Saquon Barkley, you know, Daniel Jones, how does he continue to progress the defense? Um, I think the Giants will be entertaining to watch, but I still don't know what that translates into in terms of where they finish in this division. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest wild card for me in terms of expectations, um, like as we'll talk about even with the Eagles and then the two teams we already discussed, I feel reasonably good about where they'll be. Obviously, the Cowboys with a higher ceiling, but the Giants, man, I it could go so many different directions. Like you're saying, I have no idea. The defense did on the second half of the year DVOA took a big hit. They kind of started falling off a bit with their performance, had some big games still that I believe they won in, in Seattle and, and some performances where the defense looked great. Other games were just like, what's going on. But um, I, I, overall it comes down to Daniel Jones, right? Like if he can progress and, and become, uh, you know, what they expected when they drafted him so high in 2019, like it, it takes a huge, like you're saying, he has the weapons, the offensive line, they've been working on it. They've been drafting uh, for it. And, and especially in 2020, Andrew Thomas, maybe compared to some of the other tackles in this class, not the most spectacular rookie season, but still solid. And I uh, will see though, how the rest of the line comes together. I think that was what held them back for large portions of last season on offense, along with just Jones, not really, you know, when he wasn't there, just not the most consistent guy. And it's that consistency he needs to find, like you're saying with the weapons they have, they, they do have a pretty deep, even if it's not like, you know, obviously with Galladay had so many injuries last year, but if he stays healthy, you have a true number one, but then you have a lot of guys that are just in that two range. And even across the board, we'll see how quickly Kadarius Tony comes up, but there's, yeah, there's no excuse there. It's the line that is concerning for me. Um, obviously the Saquon's health is always a question. So it's the expectations for this team could not be any uh, more. They're definitely the most difficult of any, of the teams we've discussed so far, 7.4 projected wins from football outsiders. So you're right there again on that same range, not expected to be great, but uh, they have us, you know, a little bit softer schedule. Yeah. That's a really tough draw. As you mentioned with the Washington getting the bills and that flex AFC matchup, I believe that would probably give the dolphins to the giants as a second place finisher here. So 
Uh, also, not the easiest matchup, but they do avoid the Seahawks and the Packers, which is a big win for them. So I, I do think those kind of things, strength of schedule, honestly, with a team like this is going to go a long way because um, I, I think a lot of teams will look at the Giants on their schedule and be like, that's a team we should beat. So you're you're still not <laughs> you're still not out of that hole there. Still had a DVOA on offense that finished uh, towards the bottom of the line at 26. So, man, it's it, – I – I have this season, like in terms of floor ceiling, like go, going back to the, because uh, I didn't really mention floor ceilings for the other two teams. Cowboys, I'll put like 11 wins for their ceiling, uh, where whereas their floors maybe like six. Washington, maybe the 10 to seven range. Maybe I feel a little bit better about them getting at least seven. For the Giants, I man, I have no idea. Like their floor <laughs> could be, their floor could be really low if things, yeah. if the defense takes a step back and. Daniel Jones doesn't progress and the offensive line's bad. Like they could, they could be in that four range, but uh, ceiling, I, I guess nine, like maybe nine and eight is like, a, you have a chance to win the division at that point. So I'll, I'll go in that range, but it's definitely a, a bigger one for sure. I think the first four games will be interesting. They're, they play the Broncos to open the season at MetLife stadium. They're at Washington at home against the Falcons at the Saints. I feel like that's one of those where again, if you're putting a bet down on what the Giants' record's going to be after four games, I have it could be, I mean, really, like it could be zero and four, it could be <laughs> three and one. Like I have no idea. Um, so, I think that'll tell us a lot about where they are. And like you mentioned too, it doesn't help. They have to go to Kansas City. They have to go to Tampa, to Miami, which I think will be difficult. You know, they've got to play at Philadelphia, at Chicago, at Dallas. So. Yeah, I don't think their schedule is easy by any means. Uh, but I think those first four games will tell us a lot about them. So uh, we'll see what we get with the Giants there. But that does bring us to the Eagles, who do have the lowest uh, projected win total in this division at 6.5. Uh, so remember, Cowboys at 9, Eagles 6.5. So it's not exactly a wide range as we talk about some of these other divisions. Much wider range with some of these teams um, throughout the division. Mm-hmm. So it's really not that here. Like 2.5 that separates the top from the bottom. The Eagles... I mean, we talk about all the questions with the Giants, but it's like I mean, you probably just echo the same sentiments when it comes to the Eagles. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts, I think it all starts there. How does his progression continue? Um, mm-hmm. You know, you bring in Devontae Smith, who should be able to help them, certainly at, at wide receiver, gives them a big playmaker. Miles Sanders has proven to be pretty effective running back. Uh, I know they've also, you know, they've got Kerryon Johnson there too now. Can he sort of – I don't know, revamp himself as an option. Um, I don't think running back will be a big problem for them. They've got enough options there. But I still don't know what to make of this team, right? It's just like I feel like you've got a situation where, of course, you you know you have a head coach now, Nick Sirianni, and you you know this is someone who's going to come in, you would think, you know, sort of from an, an offensive standpoint, there will be some things they're going to be able to do successfully. But this Eagles roster, it doesn't feel like it's sort of the ones that we've seen that have come close to making those runs. And, and obviously we can go back years ago to uh, when they get to win the Super Bowl, but it's like, this is just one of those where I feel like there's still a lot of work to be done overall with this roster. Yeah. It's, I think they finally kind of, after, you know, they win the Super Bowl, they have a few years where they still feel like they're in contention. Nick, you know, they, they had the, they almost beat the saints in the divisional round with Nick Foles the year right after filling in again for Wentz and, then they kind of held on to the division. They're like, we're going to still win this, but at what cost? Like, what are you really doing? So they finally kind of have realized, like, they're in a transition period. And uh, obviously with the way that they <laughs> tanked the last game that did not make Giants fans happy <laughs> against Washington and that anticlimactic Sunday night finale, um, 
it's well, yeah how quickly Sirianni can make his imprint what he's able to do obviously will have a huge um play a huge role he's gotten he's gotten a lot of uh pretty vocal endorsements from veteran you know kind of clubhouse leaders like Lane Johnson has really said that he's taking command of the locker room and those kind of things so uh I it's but it's what the expectations still are only so high like you said Jalen Hurts is what he's able to do will tell you know will be a big part of what the story of the 2021 Eagles is by the end of the year his his DYAR from football outsiders is really really low it's behind guys like John Wolford of the Rams it both did not have very uh, large uh, sample sizes but uh, even though Hertz had some really splash plays a really impressive game against Arizona overall his performance was not it wasn't necessarily like fantastic so I think what he's able to do this year and now having the opportunity knowing he's going to be uh, the guy under center that it's going to be that I don't think at least I don't anticipate him him having any issues securing this being the starter when the season starts I think his progression will play a huge role in what they're able to do obviously Devontae Smith like you're saying we'll see you know hopefully the injury isn't too uh that's taken out of the preseason doesn't hold him off too far and doesn't limit his ability to get up to speed quickly because they need all the weapons they can get to be fair to Jalen Hurts we're talking about the Giants and like all the all the offensive firepower they have in their receiving room I just beyond Devontae Smith I'm still a lot of questions here yeah. about the skill position players some of these offensive linemen that have been there and have been successful are still getting getting up there in years we still need to see Dillard uh, really uh, perform at a higher level, so it's it's a it's an interesting group, but one that I don't think you know. I think they know they're in a transition kind of period at this point. I don't think they're expecting to win the division. They are the pro- projected win total from Football Outsiders, the lowest of any team in this division, um, at seven point three, which is still you know it's basically right behind the Giants. So they're not. I don't know about last place being exactly where they're going to fit in. The defense ended up by the end of the year not being too awful, uh, ended up finishing fifteenth in DVOA. So um, just kind of middle of the pack. The, the offense still has a lot to work on beyond the line aging out, starting to age out. The depth that used to be there, when, you know, when they won that Super Bowl, we looked at them as one of the deepest teams roster-wise, and like they were, they seem every position they seem to have another guy that could really fill in and play at a high level. It's just that that's a thing of the past. It, um, that, that depth is gone, and now it's uh, yeah. I just don't I don't really have the optimism. Even last year, I thought maybe they'd have a chance to win the division. You know, with yeah, just some of the, you know, we still had a still had Wentz belief, which is now, man, we'll get to the Wentz stuff eventually with the <laughs> AFC South. Yeah. I'm so, sure it'll still be a topic of conversation by the time we get to that episode. But uh, it's it's just a different kind of. I think they've they've accepted where they are in the in their timeline, um, and just getting Sirianni's system in and, and starting to kind of take the steps in terms of what's the next. You know, we're not who we were, but like, what? You know, let's reinvent. Like, let's have an idea of what we want to be. Let's start going towards that direction. I think the defense, if they're able to to, to take another step um, with some with some underrated guys, I think their secondary, which had such big issues, like they've obviously tried to work on that. Staying healthy there will will play a big role. But I think that's that's one of the biggest things they need to. If that defense can take a step forward, then at least you have a chance to be kind of competitive more because. Uh, in, in the range of where the Giants were maybe a year ago, uh, because they, it, it, it's just uh, there's nothing about this team otherwise it's like really strong. Like they're, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the that's the one big like we look at um, at least the, the top two teams here we expect in, in the in Dallas and Washington they have 
really define strengths. The Giants could have strengths, or at least you have a deep receiving room. There's nothing here that has like any position group is like, wow, that, that really stands out as their best part of the team. And that's obviously something you have to build over, over time. Yeah. And I mean, I think you look at the really, you talk about the trying to get to that win total. Their start to the season is not easy. I think their, their back half of the season is pretty much all NFC East, um, you mm-hmm. know, down the stretch with their final, whatever, six or seven games. And they do have a game at the jets in there too. So that should, you know, it's not exactly difficult probably, but like to start the season, they're at Atlanta. They come back home to play the 49ers at Dallas, home against the Chiefs, at Carolina, home against the Bucks. So, I mean, there's, you know, I think getting two wins in that is probably your expectation. And, you know, again, there's no guarantees you're going to win at Atlanta or Carolina. So it's um, it's it's challenging. And so I, I can't say I'd be shocked if we're looking up at the Eagles and they're one and five or even, I mean, you know, oh, and six, not out of the question, probably just based on, yeah. again, what things look like and, and how they progress. Like, I don't think that's out of the question early on. Then that's where, okay, can they make up enough ground on that back part of the schedule, which again, looks pretty manageable on paper, but do they want to? Right. Like, exactly. We're going to see them like last year. Are they going to kind of try <laughs> to stay towards the bottom? Like, is there, yeah. what's the, what's the real goal at yeah. that point? <laughs> well, if you're 0 six, I mean, what's the incentive, right? It's like, you know, mm-hmm. is, is your incentive better to, to jump to that and get six and a half wins or are you okay just staying at three and let's just uh let's grab a top three pick so yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see what happens with the eagles they're very interesting uh team like i said maybe just as hard to predict as the giants but uh that's sort of a, an overview of the division with the win totals uh ceiling floor what we could see from these teams and all that uh now let's go dylan into our uh, awards quickly as we look at uh several we, we take a look at just to kind of you know, pick out uh, some individual stars to keep an eye on. Of course, division MVP. We both looked around at this. We're like, well, you assume the Cowboys are probably winning the division. In that case, I think Dak, you know, is probably the best choice. That's who we both went with. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess let's say like the Giants. If the Giants wind up winning the division or something, obviously you're probably going to put Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley into that mix. I'm sure. Um, you know, Washington. I don't even know who it would be. Like, I, I don't mean, is it Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> like, like if, if Washington wins the division, is, is Ryan Fitzpatrick the division MVP? I don't know. Uh, but I think Dak's probably the pretty easy choice here. Yeah, maybe Chase Young. You're talking about if he goes to Aaron Donald levels, becomes like yeah. where yeah. you have the conversation of should he be in the MVP conversation, that, that conversation too, the conversation. Yeah, like he's the only guy otherwise. Like Dak is just so clearly – the best quarterback at you know the most important position usually we're going to be going to quarterbacks for division mvps just like the league mvp is usually a quarterback um so yeah uh, it's it's a kind of a safe choice but also an easy one like we uh you know put Dak in our top 10 quarterbacks in the nfl which uh, there was the, the football the, the tears from uh, mike sando of the athletic always interviews coaches coordinators and head coaches about their quarterback list our quarterback li- list was actually almost right on par with theirs so only guy we didn't bring in there was Deshaun for reasons we discussed, yeah. and he wasn't t- fifth. But, yeah, no, I mean, Dak is a top-ten quarterback. There's no other top-ten quarterback in this division. He has a ton of receiving talent. There's no reason he can't put up insane fantasy numbers as well um, as, as as being the most valuable player uh, of any player in this division. Yeah, uh, for sure. I think that's the, that, that's the best choice to go with based on what we know now. Breakout player, uh, I went Devontae Smith. I know that's kind of an easy one, but – 
I think when you look around, like I said, I, I tried to go CD Lamb, and I'm like, well, I can't do that. This guy almost got a thousand <laughs> yards receiving last yeah. year, but um, I'm like, oh well, get a full season with Dak. Maybe he's even more of a breakout player, but uh, that would be cheating. I can't do that. So I'll go uh, with Devonta Smith. I think that that's a, a pretty good choice here. I know we went separate on this, but uh, to me, that's probably a, a layup choice. But uh, there weren't really a lot that I was necessarily sold on around the vision on this one. Yeah, I kind of wanted to pick something different just for the sake of it, because otherwise, yeah, I mean, Devontae Smith, if he stays healthy, has a chance. I, I think he's so dynamic, and obviously what he did in college, I think he, everything is going to translate fine, even with the slender frame at the next level. I'm so excited to see what he's able to do. Obviously, the offensive line and what Jalen Hurts uh, do also plays a huge role in that. Um, so I went kind of with a more of a wild card in Diami Brown uh, with, with Washington. He's received pretty positive um uh, you know, re- reviews so far early in camp as a guy that even though he, he will play out of the slot, he can also be a, he's really a deep threat on, can be on the outside. He averaged twice over 20 yards per reception at North Carolina, just a really fast guy that I think complements what Terry McLaurin is able to do really well. So I think with the other receiving talent they have, um, I think the opportunities are going to be there for him to have a really big performance in terms of CD lamb. Like you said, it would be cheating a little bit, but I do think we're not, it's not out of the out of the question for C.D. Lamb to go from you know being that really good rookie receiver to being one of the best receivers in the NFL. I don't think that's a crazy uh, possibility of him becoming a top ten receiver um, in his second season or third season uh, coming up with a full year of Dak. I do think he has that level of talent. So I, that, I think that would be fair. But like you said, it's a little bit. We already have more of a proven commodity there. So. Uh, I'll go with Diami Brown to be a guy that maybe isn't as expected, but still puts up and becomes uh, one of the top playmakers for Washington. Well, and then we finish up with fantasy MVP uh, for this division. And I think this, we have a few options here. Like, I don't think this was hard to necessarily find a group to choose from uh, because you really, you know, look at the running backs on three of the four teams, probably and you're kind of wild by their possibilities. And uh, we decided to go with two of them actually. So we picked separate. Again, I'm, you know, just I'm on the Cowboys train, not a, not as far as I wrote it last year in the preseason to the, to, to the Super Bowl, but uh, I'll go Ezekiel Elliott here. I think that having Dak back, his numbers should support him being. Eh, you you may feel like you're reaching if you take him like in the top five, but I think anything more than like top seven, I think at that, that you're getting, you know, you're getting a guy that should produce a much better. I think than you know, if you look back at last season, I feel like there was a lot that could have been thrown off with him just because Dak wasn't in there and this is a team that was playing from behind so yeah. much. So I think going back to Zeke here feels like a, a natural choice for me. Yeah, I think Zeke's a solid choice. Uh, maybe I'm a little, because of having him on some fantasy teams, a little <laughs> bit uh, burnt out on the idea. Um, I still think uh, still think he, he's a solid choice here. I think Dak, even we, even though we're, we don't usually do the MVPs and the the fantasy uh, players as the same. I think he would have been a, a reasonable choice as well. I do think he has the potential to be a top three or four fantasy quarterback with his ability to run um, and, and what the kind of numbers he was putting up last year. I went with Antonio Gibson, who I, I do think is just going to have a great opportunity again with Washington. I, I, you saw what he was able to do last season. I think they've only improved as a team. And I think even if there is more of a focus with some of the, the passing game with what Ryan Fitzpatrick can do to, compared to some of the guys they had under center last year, I think Gibson's still going to have a, a big role and get a, a lot of red zone chances. I think the defense is going to force a lot of turnovers, going to give them opportunities on offense. So overall, by the end of the year, I won't be shocked if Gibson uh, you know, plays above his ADP. Obviously, I do think there's a little bit of a concern in terms of if, if, uh, drafting him too high just because everyone now is like, oh, man, we 
he's that hidden gem guy, and now we're all going to pick him. So in that way, it's a, there's a concern, at least um, in terms of if he ends up being on your team. I wouldn't overdraft for him, but I do think if he falls to the right place, still a guy that's going to be worth a lot of fantasy points this year. Yep, I think so too. He is uh, another option out there. And like I said, there's there's good options to choose from, I think, in this division. But uh, it's, it's hard to predict more on the win side for the actual teams, I think. And, <laughs> but like we said, that will also probably – you know, kind of have a wide range of fantasy output uh, for some of these guys, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. But that is a look at the NFC East. As we said, we'll make our predictions and all that before the season starts uh, in another episode. But that's just a general overview of what you can expect. And uh, Dylan, as we know, uh, things uh, a lot going on as we have uh, officially entered the month where NFL uh, preseason gets underway, all that good stuff. Like it's here and like it's right around the corner. NBA free agency, there's all kinds of stuff happening over clutch points. Yeah, we had the draft last week, tons of tons of coverage of the NBA draft, a lot of coverage of free agency. By the time you're listening to this, a lot of guys will have already signed, but be busy with that on clutch points and the clutch points app. With the NFL, you have preseason games you can follow in the clutch points app coming up here. Obviously, we got Cowboys, Steelers, um, pre, uh, with, the, with the preseason opener and the Hall of Fame game, so that'll be a lot of fun. All, all the all the coverage there. You can search fantasy football in the app or on the website for all of our fantasy content. Still cranking out a lot, getting ready for as you get prepared for your draft, trying to help with as much information as possible. And yeah, it's going to be not too far off from having more than just one game, having actually full slates of games. We'll be covering all those with uh, betting angles. I, although I will say that betting on, fan, on preseason football is a very dangerous proposition. <laughs> but if you choose to, uh, we will have some advice on that as well, which you can search um if you just search NFL odds on the, on the site, you should be able to get all of your all of our NFL uh, betting content available. Yeah, listen, if you can effectively bet on preseason football, you have found yourself a career. So, um, yes, check all that out at Clutch Points. Uh, again, should be a lot of fun with the season getting ready to get started. And uh, as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. Search for Staff of the Past. You can find us there. And uh, thank you as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all they do. And thank you as always for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established Pass Podcast.